Because once again, now let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WHUTs after further review. Got David the man of God Harris on the phone lines and uh I'm talking about the old Whoa, David, what's going on, man? You didn't drop the phone? Nope. Just oh. getting a little stretch in. Oh okay. Uh we talk about the old guard. So I had to bring out that old classic instrumental. You know what this song this is off of, David? No, off the top of my head, no. I it I saw it and then it just escaped my mind. Would you see? Oh, see now I can't even see the picture anymore. What was the picture of? I can't even remember. At least, just drew a blank. Shoot the hammer. Keep listening. The dead presidents. Yes. There, there. I was about to say, dude. If you can't get this, and they're giving it away, they're telling you what it is. I'm like, David. I, I, I was, I was gonna take your rap card from you. Give me your card. Yes, the classic from Jay Z, where Nas said dead presidents, and he said, "You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song." Off of one of his songs, I forget. Nah, I forget. I think it's the Takeover. I believe it was the name of the, the the disc. And then obviously Nas came out with that Ether. But yeah, this was a good classic song though. Dead Presidents from uh, Jay Z off of A Reasonable Doubt. Now we talk a little bit about the old guard. Um, Jim Beheim ended up retiring. Forty-seven years. Forty-seven years at the same school. Um, with that happening and, and obviously he retiring, I, I don't think we're going to see that. I mean, uh, Coach Cullup has been at the University of Toledo for 15 years. I believe she got hired in 08. Uh, two mm-hmm. years later, it was Coach Kowalczyk. He's got 13 years in. Um, yeah, basically with the new NIL coming on, recent departures have been from Coach Kowalczyk, Coach Jay Wright. Some of the guys are just saying, we're getting out of the business, man. Roy Williams left. Uh, so will we? the question is, will you see a coach really now with how people get hired and fired? Are we going to see that happening? Yeah, not not 47, not even no, 37. No, no, and I don't know how he made it you know, with the wins and losses. I mean, basically – Jim Beheim was an institution. I mean, he started out as a player in 1962. Um, and then he, I think he graduated in 66, went away for a minute, came back, became a, a student assistant, and then he was an assistant coach. And then eventually he took over in 1976. Like, yeah, like 
Syracuse hasn't had a different head coach since 1975. Yeah. I just think how the game of basketball has changed. Even in the last ten years, much less. Forty-seven. Seventies. Right. It's almost fifty years ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we're never going to see a coach in Grand. You know, um, Greg Campy in Oakland is currently the longest tenured at. You know, but that's at Oakland, where I don't want to say it's a small school where you right. a coach can be at a small school longer. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the only way is if it's at one of these group of five schools or one of these D2 schools where you could have the longevity, you can coach for a long while, but in terms of at the quote-unquote blue bloods, so thinking, um, you know, the prime example, the old guard being Tom Izzo. Like, he's been there a minute. Right. Like, we talked about him, you know, during when Frank was here, but, you know, he can, he can retire on his own. Who knows when that? Mark Spew on Gonzaga. He basically just has to beat St. Mary's twice a year, and he's good. Like, you know, Mike Bray, thinking about... Um, Mike Bray just retired, though. Yeah, yeah but could he, like, he was a, I consider him part of that old guard where mm-hmm. you're at a school for 15, 20 years. Well, he was there for 23, and he was also an assistant yeah. to Mike Krzyzewski in the first uh, championship that Krzyzewski actually yeah. won. Yeah. I don't know if you remember uh, he, that. Or he was thinking that. about Bill Self. He's been he's been coaching for a minute. Yeah, Bill Self um, was over at yeah. Illinois, and then he ended up going to Kansas. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like some of these, like there are obviously a bunch of other coaches in the smaller kind of group of five schools. Um, even thinking a little bit close to home with um, Steve Hawkins up at Western Michigan. But he's gone. Like he's, like he's, he was there for an well, extended amount of time, but he's no longer there. Yeah. Yeah, so like, like, are we going to see? Like, I think fifteen, fifteen to twenty is going to be the new maximum because, like you said, coaches are going to probably want to either find a new school or they can keep up with the NIL transition, um, or they just want to, just want to retire because usually, if if you're at a school for you know forty seven years. Your kids are gonna you're gonna end up coaching your kids, mm-hmm. or like thirty years, or like any any extended period of time. Like Tom is coaching his kids, like like in the amount of time that he's been a head coach, as a kid, watch him matriculate, and then you know like that's a, that's a long time. That's a lot of years invested. So yeah, I just don't know if there's any current coach that can come even come close to. 47. Like, I don't even think um, Greg Campy at Oakland is going to hit 40, 40, you know, 40, hit that 47 year. Like, cause it's taxing. It's tiring. It's a lot of mm-hmm. wear and tear on the body. Right. And coaches, oh, ADs nowadays aren't going to be cool with, you know, two or three and four down years. Because mm-hmm. they're going to want you out and then bring in someone that can get the job done. Right. That's true. Yeah. And, and yeah. with the NILL, and, and, and I think it, it really, I think a lot of coaches just don't want to deal with a lot of things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And it, this gets into the, the era that we're in in terms of basketball, where it's less about 
like some of the recruits coming in are less about coaching up the talent versus them trying to get to the league. Right. For some for some of these, like if you're going to one of the blue blood schools or one of these, if you're going to one of these coaches, they're at you know power five big time schools. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, they're thinking about the next level rather than you know them bringing in two and three and four star recruits that are that have the potential to grow and actually want to learn the game. And then there aren't a lot of players that are coming out of high school that want to play for a particular coach. Like there was back in the day where you would say, Oh, I want to play for a coach. K. I want to play. You know, you, people still want to play for coach Calipari, but doesn't have that same or around it. Uh, whereas the guys like John wall going to play for Calipari, like you could see like that team was magical. Like they're going to do something. Now it's, you know, you're going to have to go through the growing pains of being a college basketball player, and some kids don't want that. No, they want the instant gratification, and, and some of them have been good from the start. And you also got to understand, too, uh, the problem that happens is there's some people, let's be honest, just like in anything in life, there's people that get nat- that are naturally good at something. And sometimes they don't have the passion or the love to go through adversity within the sport and as you get up higher in level in the sport it takes more work it takes more dedication you're playing against better players and you fizzle out and you know i'm starting to see what players now too as well as that I, I think it's more or less you know do you really love this game and want to compete and and, and and go to the gym every day or are you just doing it for whatever it does for you. And, and I think a lot of people nowadays, a lot of kids nowadays and parents are kind of somewhat to blame for it. I don't know if it was more or less the kid. Uh, they play for clout. If they, they want the social media following, if they're not getting the social media following, they're not really interested in it. And, and you're starting to see that where there's so many AAU teams nowadays, but are you going out there to, you know, match your game and see how well you can get better or, you know, you're the best somewhere or you just, or this is something to do. And for a lot of people, it's just something to do. And, you know, that kind of sucks, you know. But, I mean, this is where we're in. Yeah, in in this day and age, kind of with social media and highlights, and, you know, we talked about this on the show recently, just everyone's looking for those one or two manufactured highlights of a highlight play instead of the X's and O's of the other, you know, 99% of the game. Right. Like, if you can gravitate to, to those two highlight plays, big steal, big alley-oop or something, that's like, oh, great. Whereas, can you, you know, can you understand how to break down a 1-3-1 one, one matchup zone? Like, exactly. like no one's playing a 1-3-1. One, one. Not often, but, like, just as an example. But, yeah. Can you understand the basketball fundamentals? Right. And, Yeah, yeah, it's and even kind of the new era of college basketball. Kind of, res, granted, it's obviously a different game than when you know Beheim was around, Coach Krzyzewski, even when Tom Hizzo was, was first hired in the mid '90s. Like the game is, game has become either you're going to be going, you're going to need a a big man in the middle, and then shooters all around. Or you're playing super small ball. 
Right. Because everyone's everyone's copying what works in the pros. Like everyone's trying to be the next Golden State and the NCAA. Yeah, that 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 is that is true, and I like I agree totally agree with you that there's not going to be people aren't going to really stay that long, and it's going to be a it's going to be a variety of reasons why uh, you know coaches won't stay very long anymore, and and it kind of sucks because I think social media has made a big impact. You you got people that don't. I think everyone should have a voice, but it's a cesspool of where I think of influence where someone has something against someone. And if you post it enough, it almost becomes people's reality and you can hear what people's thoughts are and why they don't like a certain individual. So it it, it is crazy. Yeah. I mean, Juwan Howard just got there and they're already trying to, you know, can him for missing, you know, NCAA tournament once. Right. And, you know, yeah, just the, the expectations, I think, also lead to part of it. I mean, there were the, you know, the trolls coming out, like, you know, Jim Beheim was a bad person, like, when, you know, he announced his retirement, mm-hmm. slash, whatever that post-game presser was, because I'm so confused after listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you, you can't talk back to the media like you could, you know, back in the days where you could tell media, you know, the bleep off. Right. Like now that's just going to be come Facebook viral. And then the AD has to put out a statement. The university has to put out a statement saying this does not go with the values of our athletics and, you know, character. And then everyone has to do an apology tour. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. yeah. It's just, like you said, it's just a different landscape now with coaching. And you have to deal with middle school and high schoolers with Twitter accounts and YouTube pages. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I and I think that's the reason why Jay Wright, Shashevsky, uh, not Kowalczyk, Shashevsky, uh, Roy Williams. They're, they're, you, you, the, the recruiting realm is also a little bit different now because there's so many handlers with the kid. You got the AAU coach, and then you got the trainer, and then you got that spokesperson. And you're dealing with the parents, and and you know re- recruiting is all about relationship building and. You know, if you burn one bridge or you don't get along, you're not going to get along with everybody you meet. But you, you notice this sometimes. There's coaches can realize who has a good interest for certain kids and who doesn't. But just like Twitter, if you don't get along with that influencer, they're going to talk bad about you. It could direct the kid not to come to your school, and it's just a, you got to constantly just work on stuff like that. So. It's kind of crazy like that. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's going to be the way an era of kind of just collegiate athletics now is because NIL opened up that Pandora's box. So everyone's going to be looking for well, I guess who can get me to Lee quicker, but then also how many of those people within that inner circle can the coach and the coaching staff um try to get through to the kid to be like, Hey, I know you're thinking about this. Or even if you're not like, I want you here because you can help our team get to the next level. Like you can help this team win versus the kid telling the coach, I want you to help me grow my brand. Well, and another thing is the coach has no control anymore. If you really think about it with this new NIL, because in I, 
sorry. I I I liken it to have you ever seen the movie Blue Chips? In the movie Blue Chips, the the booster tells him, "I own you. I own you," because he had went and basically bought a player. Well, with the NIL is kind of the same thing, where you're trying to set up these guys to entice the kid to come to the school, but really your enticing should be the player's main goal should be trying to come to the school because they like to play for that coach. They like the school in general. They like the academic aspect that they give. But now you're almost playing a game where who can I pay the most? The kid's going to go for the money and who what sponsors can I get? Well, now it, it's almost like the sponsors are the boosters. And if you know anything about recruiting, you don't want the boosters are nice. They help you with stuff. They help you get things. But you don't want the boosters. You never wanted boosters getting in the recruiting process because, one, it's illegal. But some boosters don't have the right intentions for the program. You know, there's there's just this is beyond this. People want to get on boosters so they can have a power trip and control. And if they can do that, they do that. Well, now that's what's going on with the coach. Now you're. You don't have any control over your program. It's the sponsors. You make the sponsors mad. You know, think about it. Sponsor invests in this kid. Let's say the kid doesn't turn out that well. Now, are you forced as a coach to play them? Because remember, I'm putting big money into this kid, and they're coming here to watch him play, and you're not playing them. Then what? You know, or. Or does the kid exactly? Does the kid have to pay the money back? What happens if you don't turn out how you expect it? Because that's 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 really what's going on here. So now it's almost like you know pro sports to an extent. Yo, we didn't play so and so a big contract. I know he's sucking in practice, but uh, you got to find a way to get the kid in the game. Well, then if that's the case, then why the hell am I in college for when I can deal with this at the pros? And in the pros, everybody's good. In college, you probably got seven, eight dudes that really are good. And then, yeah, obviously, nine and ten ain't going to do much of anything. So once you start kind of getting deep in your bench in college, because, you know, certain five-star guys getting mad because you're not playing them and he doesn't work out, you're in trouble. So now that's why I think a lot of the coaches are like, hey, I don't want to really deal with this anymore. I feel that, you know, you're not going to be able to run the program the way you want to run it. And if you got administration in there trying to tell you how to run a program, yeah, I would get out as soon as possible. Yeah, and plus, and plus most of these coaches, like Jim Bayer, I'm 78. Like, he, he's too old for this leap. No, I don't think he's just too old. But when you've been doing it a while, you've been used to a system. And I get it. Do you want the players to be paid, yes, or get some compensation because of uh, uh, how the NCAA does things, stuff like that? Yeah, I, I, I totally understand that. But I, I, I kind of think that um, it's getting to the point now where it's like, okay, we don't mind them getting paid, but the strings attached to the money and like I said you got a coach that really can't really run their program the way they want to run it 
because there's nothing worse than having a kid on the team because they're there for different reasons than actually being there to play that sport. You know, it's not. It's weird. It's like I said, as a coach, it's 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 really annoying and frustrating when you have someone that's not very competitive or it's just something that it's something they just want to do and they just like it. And here you are with this passion for the game. And I think that's what's going on with a lot of the coaches is that, you know, if you don't want that to happen, but I think that's going to start happening where you're going to get kids that are just clout chasers. And then when you get the kids that are the clout chasers, they're harder to coach. I just be honest with you on that one. So I just don't think a lot of the older coaches just want to deal with the headache. Yes, that's true. Too much noise from everyone else and instead of just focusing on the X's and O's of the basketball game itself mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. There's an entire yeah, new world that's been cultivated around um collegiate athletics, whether basketball or any kind of D one sport. Really any yeah, any sport now where it's just you have to think about the game and social media and highlights and news what's being said and pressers yeah it, it's a lot yeah oh yeah it is well, you know we wrap up this segment here and uh david last thoughts yeah again we're not going to see anyone coach 30 40 years 50 years at one institution the old guard is gone and tom Izzo, last of a dying breed so we'll see how much longer he can Hang around with the craziness of college basketball. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, NIL, social media, has uh, really uh, changed the game. And uh, I just think that some of the guys that stayed there the longest, even though people said things about them, they had a respect already built up for them. I think now with some of these newer coaches, that's not going to be happening. And people are just going to get really fly at the mouth on the Internet. So it'll be interesting how things uh turn out with that we get into our last segment of the show what's that one david why some people just need to not press send when thinking that they know what's happening with mar jackson okay okay yeah uh we listen to 88.3 wts after further review when we return we'll talk about that uh been actually a pretty good show here 88.3 wxuts after further review we'll be back after this (laughs) 